So we're going to start and sort of continue with this series that Nat sort of kicked off last week, uh, looking at the character of God, some attributes of God, and how that can help us to know God more and be more rooted in him. We live an age where we guard our personal information very well, because we know that if it falls into the bad hands, it's got very bad implications. In fact, you have some friends, you will not be able to tell them certain things about you because you, it may have bad repercussions. But the Bible says in Hebrews 4.13 about God that there's, there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. All things are open before God. He knows everything about us. He is the all-knowing God. And so today, the attribute of God we'll be looking at is the all-knowing God, or the omniscient God. So we can have the slides uh, on, 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 the, uh, on the display. When we say God is omniscient, it means that he has perfect knowledge. He knows everything that's happened and everything that will happen. He has perfect knowledge, perfect wisdom, and perfect understanding. When God reveals himself to us in this way, he's not like the boxer, for instance, or the guy that wrestles and they, they will flex their muscles to tell the opponent how strong I am. God revealed himself to us as the all-knowing God so that our faith can rest in him, so that we can grow in our confidence in our relationship with God. And so as we look at the all-knowing God, we are going to look at some passages that actually explain what that looks like. And then we are going to look at three main points in terms of how it shows the depth of the love of God and how the all-knowing God, his infinite knowledge, and how he guides us and protects us, and how he uses that to give us vision and help us to fulfill our full potential. So we are going to look at some biblical passages that brings out the fact that God is all-knowing. And after that, we'll cover these three points. So let's just spend some time to pray, then we'll read the passages. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege to come before you to listen to your word. We pray that you will speak to each and everyone today. Open our hearts to know you more, to know you as the all-knowing God. Uh, we thank you that you will help us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so first of all, the first passage we are going to read is from Isaiah uh, 46, 9 to 10. It says, remember the former days of old, for I am God, there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Then we look at Psalm 139, which I feel most of us are very familiar with. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You have known when I sit down and when I rise up. 
You descend my thoughts from afar. You search out my paths, and my lying down and acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on, on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in, behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. You will agree with me just like the psalmist that indeed such a knowledge is too wonderful for us to comprehend. That God can declare the end from the beginning. That he can know our thoughts far off before we actually begin to think about them. And when you look at it, it can be a bit scary. But we are going to explore how God uses that to build our relationship with him. So in terms of declaring the end from the beginning, just to give a few examples. If you look at the book of Isaiah, we begin to see him declaring about Jesus coming. Say, a son is given to us. Even before he was born, many, many years uh, before it actually happened. He actually declared that in the book of Micah uh, 5-2 that Christ will be born in Bethlehem. That is the unknowing God, declaring the very end from the beginning. Declaring how Christ will die, saying as Isaiah 53 that he was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions. Declaring the end from the beginning. That is the unknowing God. And then what you think in terms of our thought, they say, you discern my thoughts from far off. And you can see that in the ministry of Christ, many times he knew, he knew what the Pharisees and the scribes were actually thinking about. So, for example, in, 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 in Matthew 9, 24, when they brought the paralytic, the paralytic man to the roof, and he said, your sins are forgiven. And, of course, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were saying, who is this man who forgives sin? And he said, why do you think evil in your heart? He already knew exactly what they were thinking. And, and he, he went forth and healed the man. Another example is when they were putting money in the offering, the widow, he went and the Bible says she cast just two copper coins in, in the offering uh, bowl. And Jesus said that this, this woman has cast in all that she has. How did he know that? All that she has is what she actually cast in. It did begin to show us that God knows even our thoughts from far off. He, he can declare the end from the beginning. So how does this affect our relationship with God? We want to explore the first point, the infinite knowledge of God and how he showed the depth of his love. Now, sometimes you may, you may, at times you do something and you said, if I knew it was going to cost me so much, I wouldn't do it. This is actually the case, for instance, if you buy something from a whole state shop where the VAT is not added, or you go to the U.S. and you, you pick something up, and then you get to the, to the counter, you add the state tax, you add the federal tax, and you begin to say, if I knew it was going to cost me so much, I wouldn't buy it. But I really want to declare to you that God understood what it will mean to make man and what it will cost him. God was not taken by surprise. 
God knew that making man, man will fall and that it will cost him his life. That is the depth of his love. God made that decision. You are a child of God by choice. He, he was prepared to pay the price for you. That is the depth of his love. And so if you look at that passage from Matthew, it says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, what was manifest in these last times for you. Christ was ordained before the foundation of the world. God knew this is what is going to cost him. He chose to love you. He chose to create us. He chose to make us his own. It was by choice and he was willing to pay the price. But another additional angle is God's relationship with us. I'm sure that in your lifetime you will have lost confidence in some friends. Maybe you told them certain things and they betray you. You pass some secrets to them and you say, please keep this confidence. And before you know it, it's gone viral and you wonder, I have lost confidence in this person. But I really want to tell you today that God knows everything about us. Still, he loves us. He doesn't lose confidence in us. He loves us with our weaknesses and with our strength. He knew, for instance, that Abraham will mess up the whole plan by having Ishmael with Haggai. He knew that Abraham will deny, we say that Sarah was not his wife twice, yet he called him the father of faith. He knew that, for instance, Noah, We'll get drunk, we'll get naked. Yes, he shows Noah to build the ark. God knew that David would mess up with the wife of Uriah, but God made him a king. And from his generation, he shows that Christ would come. So how, what does this tell us? That God loves you. He knows all your weakness, all your strength, but he has chosen you. In fact, the Bible says that in Romans 11, 20 29, that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. God does not change his mind. God, we, we are the people that at times run away from God. Doris, can you get you some water, please? We are the people that at times runs away from God. God loves you with your strength and your weakness. So what does this mean? So do not allow the devil to play before you your past and your weaknesses and make you feel unqualified. Do not allow him to say you are a disappointment to God because you are not. God knew all about you. He chose to love you. He's not going to change his mind. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I want you to so say, if you fall, get up. God has confidence in you. Press into all the things that God has called you into. So that is how the infinite knowledge of God demonstrates his love. The second point I really want us to look at is the infinite knowledge of God to guide and to protect us. 
Through his infinite knowledge, God works to protect us and lead us because he knows the future. In fact, this is the basis of our hope for tomorrow because our lives are in the hands of him who knows all. This is our, our hope for tomorrow is because God knows it all and our hands are in his, our lives are in his hands. That's our confidence for tomorrow. And we can see this play out at the birth of Christ. In Matthew 2, 12 to 13, we can see that God thwarted the plan of Herod to kill Jesus twice through dreams. So the wise men came and they said, Herod said, come back to me. But God warned them in the dream, don't go back because Herod has evil intentions. At the same time, he spoke to the parents to take Christ into Egypt for some time, all because he knew all that was going on. He has all knowledge. That was why he was able to tour those plants. In Second Kings, which are all very familiar, we can see Elijah thwarted the plants of the king of Syria and, you know, revealing them to the king of, of, of Israel. And the king of Syria was wondering who was the, who, who among us here is the one betraying us. But it was God using Elijah to actually reveal his war plans. The, 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 the one I really want to lay emphasis on is Peter denied Christ three times. The fact that Christ knew ahead of time and prayed for him, that was the only reason why Peter was restored. So let's look at that passage in Luke 22, 31 to 32. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he might sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And that when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I really just want to assure you that Christ is interceding, to, uh, interceding for us about a situation we are not even aware of. It is because he's the all-knowing God. He knows what you are going to face in the future. He is interceding for us. And in addition, you know, we, are, we are particularly told in, in the Lord's prayer, that we should pray to the Lord that he will deliver us from evil because he knows the future. He's able to order our steps such that we are actually delivered from evil. I will give a very brief uh, personal example. When I was uh, in uni studying, I woke up one night really feeling aware for no reason, because I went to bed really well. There was nothing wrong. I woke up with pains in my chest. It was really serious. I, I just sort of prayed a bit. The whole thing lasted for, let's assume, like 30 minutes, and the whole thing lifted again. So the next day, I was going for lectures, and I saw a brother. He was, so I told him, ah, I felt so much on at night, but somehow the whole thing would say, yes, I'll be waiting for you, because at night, God woke me up to pray for you. You see, that is the all-knowing God using that knowledge to protect us and to lead us. So what is our response? Our response, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean in your own understanding. In all our ways, let us acknowledge it. He will lead us by his own knowing, uh, knowledge and wisdom. The third point we will uh, briefly establish is God uses his infinite knowledge to envision us. God knows us. He created us. He, knew our, he knows our true potential. He knows what he has put within us. 
And as we grow up, we begin to discover some of those potentials, some of the things we have. But there are certain things we don't know. God has to reveal them to us by revelation. Maybe a word of prophecy or, or a dream. The purpose of that is to envision us, to make us have a vision for what he has actually made us for. And so that's why if you look at the passage in 1 Timothy 1, 18 to 9, it says, This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecy previously made about you, that by them you wore a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. And a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. So what is this telling us? God have some plans for Timothy. It will appear that Timothy was not really laying hold on this vision. But Paul was saying, God has, by this prophecy, have given you a vision. Wake up, Timothy. Fight a good fight. Lay hold on the vision. And so maybe you look back to your life, maybe God has spoken a word of prophecy to you, and you say, I don't feel like I'm the right person. Or God has put some ideas in your heart, some dreams, and you just feel, I don't feel like the right Yes, you are. God is putting them because that is the only way he's going to envision you. Otherwise, you will be left to your own thinking, which is limited. In his all-knowing wisdom and knowledge, he knows what he has put inside you. And he says, wake up. You can do it because of my grace upon your life. You can see the same thing about Jeremiah, where God called him to be a prophet. Of course, he didn't say, yes, I'll be waiting for this God. I want to be a prophet. He said, no, I'm, I'm too young. I can speak. But God did not listen to his excuse. And God said, you know, you go and you bold and declare my word to the nations. And so maybe God has given you some visions. In his all-knowing uh, wisdom and, uh, and understanding, he knows what he has put within you. And God is saying, war a good warfare. Have you ever wondered why Joseph had those dreams when he was very, very early in his life? God knew that he was going to pass through a rough time. So those dreams, for instance, for Joseph, they were the vehicles to envision him, to keep him steadfast as he passed through all the various trials in his life. So I'm sure that when he was in Potiphar's house, and maybe he was in the prison and wondering, there was a voice saying, remember, you are a king. Remember, you are a king. No matter what is happening, you are a king. And that was what was envisioning Joseph, and he was... Uh, to be steadfast to God. So do not allow the dreams and visions or prophecy that God gives to you to die. Run with the vision. As you take the step of faith, the grace of God will show up. But you might say, for instance, that oh, I've not really had any dream. No one has actually given me any prophecy. You know, I, no one has actually spoken anything about me. But we have the advantage that God has communicated his perfect knowledge through the Bible. God has given us his, his wisdom, his understanding through the Bible. And indeed, the Bible is the perfect knowledge for the right perspective about our lives. We live in a world that is full of the lies of the devil, that says you are not good enough, that says you cannot do that. It is when we go to the Bible, that is where we get our mind renewed. God and vision say, yes, you can do this because of my grace upon your life. So that's why in Romans 12, he says, do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Think after God. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, 
which is good, pleasing, and perfect. In fact, the Bible, uh, the, 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 in, the, in the Bible, the word of God is referred to as the perfect law of liberty. That is the book of James. It says, anyone who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, and being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed. It gives us the right perspective for life. It changes the way we think. To see ourselves in the light of what, the way God sees us. It envisions us to run for God and to live a life that is pleasing to God. So I'll be coming out to the conclusions. The all-knowing God is our Father and our Shepherd so that we can secure our hearts in Him for tomorrow. The all-knowing God is our God, our Father, and He wants us to secure our hearts in Him for tomorrow, to trust Him, just as Matthew was encouraging us today. He has not lost hope in you. He's calling for you. The things he has put in your heart, God has not changed his mind. He loves you. And God wants you to run with those visions and those gifts again. Believe that his grace is sufficient for the dreams he has put in your heart, both as an individual and for us as a church, in King's Church. Wherever God has spoken to us, let us go with the all-knowing God has spoken those words and vision us. Let us by faith step forth to have, uh, to press into all the things that God has for us. And maybe you are tuning in for the first time or you are just here for, this, for the first time and you don't really know God and all that we are talking about. The fact is that God knows all about you. And in spite of what you think you have done or feeling you are not good enough, God loves you. And if you want to explore that a bit more, drop a message to hello at kingchurchandabroad.org and somebody will respond to you. I pray that God will bless his heart to your heart. Amen.